I'm Fred Eichler, and I have been a lifelong admirer of Fred Bear and his legacy. As a kid growing up reading Fred Bear's field notes and watching his adventures on TV instilled in me a passion to experience the many things Fred got to experience in his hunting career. I'm excited to introduce each new episode of this digital field notes series and to continue the legacy of a man that had a monumental impact on not only me, but also on the sport of archery. This episode of Fred Bear's Field Notes is brought to you by Bear Archery. More than 85 years ago, Fred Bear decided to follow his passion and start an archery company. He believed a quality bow should be accessible to all people, no matter their age, gender, or economic status. He believed the finest trophies are not always in the harvest, but in the memories of fellowship and the great outdoors. Today, the Bear Archery team holds tight to the principles Fred founded the company on. Bear continues to create extremely reliable and intensely lethal archery equipment capable of harvesting any game animal in a quick and ethical fashion. Explore the all-new lineup of bows and accessories on BearArchery.com. We are Bear Archery. This is the Fred Bear Way. Chapter 8, Brown Bear, 1962. One of the advantages of making a hunting film is that another trip is usually called for to pick up footage of key shots that were not obtained on the previous trip. It is not hard to convince the office that the movie would be a disaster without additional film, and a follow-up trip is indeed necessary. Following the 1960 hunt, however, this underhand scheming to get away was not necessary since we had obtained no film of the Big Brownie. Bad weather, too late in the day, no light. So, the hunt began at Cordova, Alaska, where we spent two days scraping and painting the hull of the Valiant Maid and loading her with supplies. Bob Munger was my hunting companion again. The trip resulted in the most spectacular hunting footage we have in our entire film library. Friday, April 27th. Aboard the Valiant Maid again. Ed Bilderback, skipper. Harley King, guide. Dan Correa, cook. Left Cordova at 11 a.m. today. Went into Sheep Bay to check for bears. No sign anywhere. We'll sleep here tonight. Saturday, April 28th. 
came over past Montague Island and tied up at the cannery dock in Port Ashton. It rained this morning, but cleared into a fine day. And concerned about the heavy snow still here. Most snow they have had in 20 years. The bears will sleep late this spring. Sunday, April 29th. Dropped anchor this evening in Nuka Bay after an eight-hour run from Port Ashton. Thought this might be a good place for black bear. We saw a coyote and some whales, but no bear. Too much snow here, too. We are early for bears. Heading for a fogneck island, hoping it will be warmer there. Monday, April 30th. The weather was bad last evening. We dropped anchor for the night in Chugash Bay with its small coves and arms. Not so much snow here. Black bears in this area. We saw one in an open place on the side of the mountain. Went ashore and made a stock, but the wind crossed us up. Took the skiff about five miles down shore and located another bear on a small beach, but he wandered off into the woods. When we saw a third bear on the beach nearby, we were almost within range when the wind changed and he made off. Later on another beach, we located more bears and circled through the woods until we were close. One of them came off the beach and bedded down about 20 yards from us. I shot some film of two on the beach. Later, the one who had bedded down joined the others. They are digging kelp buried in the gravel. Bob shot an arrow at one and they scampered off into the woods. We scattered and sneaked after them through the spruce trying to get within range. One had crossed a frozen pond and I crossed after him. About halfway over I got an opening and shot the bear at about 25 yards. It was a lung shot and I kept after him. With my eyes on the bear and not looking where I was going, I walked into thin ice and broke through to my hips. I found my bear a hundred yards away. We saw a total of six bears today. Tuesday, May 1st. We're anchored near an abandoned cannery in Graham Bay. Too rough to cross to Barren Islands. Got here about 10 p.m. and immediately saw two black bears on the side of the mountain. We decided that Ed should show us how to do it this time. He started off with his bow and arrow. Grass very dry and noisy. The bear heard him and he got only a running shot. We did not see it again. Did some scrounging around the cannery and an abandoned sawmill. Getting back to the Valiant Maid, we found her listing badly. There had been a minus tide and she was on bottom. Tide came back in and we are afloat again. Wednesday, May 2nd, made the first half of the run to a fognock. Threw anchor in a bay off an island this morning and got in the skiff to go seal hunting. We got a few nice skins. This country is covered with brant, yellow legs, honkers, sandhill cranes, swans, all kinds of ducks, cormorants and gulls, and terns by the millions. The wind is blowing a gale. Hope it calms down so we can move on to brown bear country. Wonderful weather all the time. 
except for the wind. Thursday, May 3rd. The wind is even stronger today. We went ashore to hunt marmots. Ed shot one and I saw a parka squirrel. Back in the boat by 12 and departed for Shuyak Island. This is off the tip of a fognak, a short run of about three hours. It was not too rough. We plan to do our brown bear hunting here and on a fognak. It is doubtful if we will get to the peninsula. After dropping anchor, we got in the skiff and went bear hunting, checking the beaches for tracks. Found some and later saw two bears about a mile ahead coming toward us. Perched on a high point overhanging the beach, we watched for them to come nearer. But after about 10 minutes, they had not come in sight. Our time was short as Harley had the skiff with orders to come up the shore an hour after we had left. It was time for him now and we were afraid he would flush the bears. We decided to move toward where we had last seen them. There was a small gully behind the beach and coming down off the point, I was suddenly faced with two bears looking at me from 20 yards away. I guess I felt relief when they ran off into the spruce and we saw no more of them. Getting back to the boat, we had a great dinner at 8.30 p.m. This is the nicest bay we have anchored in. Not a breeze stirring. Ducks are quacking and geese are honking. The low island is almost covered with spruce. We think the bears will have to come out to the beach for food. They, both the blacks and brownies, like to dig among the logs for kelp buried by the storms. Friday, May 4th. Dropped anchor in Seal Bay off Fognac. Saw a bear near the shore from the Valiant Maid, but he saw us and made off over the mountain. We hunted all the bays in the area and at 8 p.m. saw two bears on a grassy hillside, but they also saw us. We went after them. Ed and Bob went one way and Harley and I another. We climbed up beside a big spruce thicket and stood there about 10 minutes. A bear cracked some brush near us, but we did not see him. Had to leave then because of the darkness. We saw two foxes and two otters and caught six king crabs in our trap. One crab measured 48 inches across. Saturday, May 5th. No bears today. There does not seem to be too many in this area. Perhaps they are not out of hibernation yet. Saw seven foxes, though. All color variations from grays through reds to blue and silver. Some are very beautiful. We ate three king crabs tonight. Keeping the others alive hung from a cord in the ocean. Weather is still holding fine. Sunny and not too cold. Sunday, May 6th. Continuing our search today, we went down along the east side of Fognik to Iset Bay and saw a lone bear about three miles away in the hills, but did not try for him. I stalked and photographed a fox today. He looked like a cross between a red and a gray. These foxes are the largest I've ever seen. They live by beachcombing at low tide, 
starfish, mussels, sand fleas, and other oddities. We had a three-hour run back this evening and got here at 7.30. Going ashore, we found that a bear had been combing the beach while we were gone. We plan to stay here now and hunt the area tomorrow. Weather is beautiful. The reason we stay on at a fognac is that this definitely is a late spring. A fognac, being low country, is warm, and we reason that the bears should be out here earlier. Kodiak Island is higher and has more snow. Two years ago, with an early spring, many bears were out there at this time. Had planned this hunt for the Alaskan Peninsula, but that is closed for hunting this year from Pawley Bay south. There is only a short strip of open hunting area north of the National Katmai Monument Park. Hardly worth the hazardous trip across. Plan to put a seal carcass out for bait today to see if we can create some action. Saw a herd of about 40 afognak elk and got pictures. Filmed whales and a sea lion eating a fish. Going into a cannery tomorrow for supplies. Monday, May 7th. Shot a sea lion this morning and a seal for bear bait. Placed them on different beaches and built a blind near each. A good way to photograph eagles and foxes also. We needed water and ran into Port Williams, where we also stocked up on meat and groceries. We met a hunter from Flint, Michigan, and got some bear information from him. He said there is good bear hunting farther down the west side of a fognac. We decided to check it out and made a run into Big Bay. Took the skiff and ran over to a likely beach. As we rose to look over the bank above the beach, there was a bear just beyond, among the logs on the high tide mark. We tried to stalk, but the wind was wrong and he made off into the dense spruce. Checked several bays afoot and found many bear signs. It seems like the spot we have been looking for. As a matter of fact, it looks almost too good. Tuesday, May 8th. We went hunting afoot this morning. I got busy photographing some eagles and had to track Bob and Ed down. Finally found them and Bob had a big brownie dead on the beach. He shot him with a 375, but I did not hear the shot. Measurements will not be available until the head and feet are skinned. He has a monstrous head and should measure up well. There was another bear with the one that Bob shot. Ed and I spent an hour looking for him, but no luck. Ed packed Bob's bear skin and headed back to the skiff. We waited when we got it to the boat, 175 pounds. After a snack, we went foot hunting again. Cut across land to some beaches. Back from the hunt at 8 p.m. I'm tired. Wednesday, May 9th. Went to look at the bear and seal carcasses to see if any bears were there. Cruised some beaches and came across a medium-sized bear. Took some pictures of him and then decided to maneuver through the brush and try to get a shot at him with a blunt for pictures. The bear was about 30 yards out on the beach from us. As we were just about to come out of the spruce, 
Somebody cracked a twig. The bear stood on his hind legs for a full 30 seconds. Bob had the camera, and Ed was in front of me. I took the camera and started to run film as he made for the spruce to our right. He was huffing and puffing, and I got some pictures of him before he was gone and I was out of film. Another beautiful day. Ran 400 feet of film. About 2 o'clock, we left the area to scout the country north of us. Plan to give this place a rest and then come back if we don't get a bear before that. Dropped anchor at 4 p.m. and went scouting afoot and by skiff. Found some tracks that looked promising. Thursday, May 10th. Took the skiff and went out cruising the ocean side this morning. Saw one bear, but he heard the motor and ran off when we were half a mile away. Got back at 3 p.m. Found two rubber crab pot floats. This makes seven we have found on the beaches, as well as a good supply of half-inch nylon rope. We do a lot of beach combing when looking for bears. This country has a very comprehensive bird population, and we spend a lot of time trying to identify them. The most unique, I believe, is the parrot duck. It has an orange parrot-like beak, a black body, and black and white head. The harlequin duck is splendid, too, as are several variations of cormorant and the noisy orange-billed oyster catchers. Land otters seem to be the only animals beside the bears. Went out again at 6 p.m., back at 10. Rained all day today, not hard, but steady. Located a bear at 8.30. He came toward us, grubbing along the beach. We were hidden in the edge of the spruce. At 17 yards, he turned broadside, and I started my draw. He saw me out of the corner of his eye and made off. I got a bouncing away shot at 40 yards. I was not too disappointed since he was rather small. We're all wet down tonight, having the last two king crabs for dinner. Friday, May 11th, 6 a.m. On our way back to the big bay we left a few days ago, Almost all tracks are headed south, and that is a country that is easy to hunt on foot. We are leaving at this hour because we need high tide to get the big boat out of the bay. Rained all night and is still coming down. Fog settling in now. I learned a lesson yesterday in my encounter with a brownie. I thought he would stare at me at least long enough for me to complete my draw but the first slow movement and he was gone in a flash. He was 40 yards away before I could get a shot off, bounding like a rubber ball over the sharp rocks. Those smaller bears move like lightning. He ran into Bob and Harley who were waiting up the beach, turned and came straight back to the place we had first seen him. The bears are not eating grass. Those we have seen are eating sand fleas. These fleas are one-half to three-quarters of an inch long and look like a small shrimp. They live in about a foot of beach gravel. The bears lick the fleas up so greedily that they swallow gravel along with them. The stomach of Bob's bear had a handful of rocks in it. Last night, we tried to eat all of the two king crabs, 
but could not do it. Dan plans to make a crab omelet for breakfast with the leftovers. We are constantly amazed at the bird life. Almost every day there are new ones. Yesterday it was the beautiful eider duck. Among the logs on the beaches we saw a wren that Ed's Alaskan bird book says is the Aleutian wren. It is the only bird here with a melodious song, the book says, but I have not heard it utter a note. The rain has stopped and the fog clearing. 5 p.m. Hunted the beaches on foot in the area where Bob shot his bear. One fresh track and that was all. Back at the boat at 2 p.m. and finished up the crab. Went out again an hour ago and rain started coming down in earnest. Decided to abandon this area and go to the east side of a fognick. On our way now. May stop at the cannery in Port Williams for fuel and supplies. I believe this is the first day we have not seen at least one bear. We feel that we have this area well polluted with man scent and should move on to fresh territory. 9.15 p.m. Sitting in the galley. Dan and Ed are playing cribbage. It is getting dark and fog is settling in the bay. We are anchored near the mouth of a creek in Paranosa Bay. Bob and Harley went up the creek to see if they could catch some rainbow trout. Ed and I will go after them in a few minutes with the skiff. Saw a fox on the beach as we dropped anchor. Saturday, May 12th. Back in the bay where we placed seal bait. We had the seals wired to logs. Bears had broken the wire and carried them off. In the late afternoon, Ed and I were hunting beaches afoot and saw a bear. We hid in the edge of a spruce and waited as he slowly fed toward us. The wind was not exactly right, however, and he became suspicious and swerved off. I photographed a silver or cross fox this evening and also a seal this afternoon. Start hunting at daylight in the morning. Sunday, May 13th. Went into Tonkai Bay with a big boat this morning. Located two bears on a beach. Got into the skiff, went ashore, and started the stalk. Almost overran them as we walked partway up the steep, grassy mountain that rose from the beach. Ed and I climbed to get above and ahead of them. Up to this point, we had seen only a back or a patch of fur. We were carefully approaching the crest of the ridge when I saw a bear's head look over about 20 feet above us. At the same time, I heard a snarl below me, and there was the brownie prancing on his front feet and not liking the intrusion at all. I realized that it was a sow and the one above was a two-year-old. Fortunately, the cub ran off, and the sow was satisfied by his escape and also disappeared over the ridge. Saw two more brownies on a hillside about two miles inland. Wind was wrong. May try for them in the morning. Caught some Dolly Varden trout for dinner. Clouding over and wind starting to blow. Monday, May 14th. A strong wind came up during the night, blowing directly into the bay where we were anchored. Pulled anchor in early morning and had a rough trip to the little harbor where we are now anchored. 
Ed pulled in alongside a small crab fishing boat that was here for the same reason, weather. We planned to be on our way to Kodiak now to catch the early morning plane, but weather will dictate the time. It has been raining hard all night. Got four king crabs from the fishermen and had a fine meal. Guess I will have to call this hunt a blank. I have been within 30 yards of four bears, one of them 15 feet. Something always seemed to go wrong. None of them were monsters. Saw a great many of Fognac elk yesterday. Some of them down close to the beach. Ed stalked some and shot blunts at them. Have picked up many shed horns. 10.30 p.m. Still confined to our little harbor. Still raining hard, although the wind has let up somewhat. If it does not get worse, we will make a run for Kodiak early in the morning. A lazy day. Have everything packed. Wrote cards, took a nap, and ate the day out. Tuesday, May 15th, 9 p.m. Up at 3 a.m. this morning. Weather better, so we pulled anchor and headed for Kodiak. Got here at 9 a.m. and tied up at the dock. Well, had showers in a barber shop. Did some shopping. I called home to see if I was needed and got orders to stay until I got a bear. Ed will give me a few days bear hunting in between seal hunts, and I have good hopes of getting a brownie. Bob left at 5.30 tonight for home. We will be here tomorrow for some repairs on the boat. May leave in the afternoon, if not, on Thursday morning. Thursday, May 17th. Left the city of Kodiak at 4 p.m., heading northeast on the outside of Marmot Island. 10,000 seals were reported here, but they turned out to be 5,000 sea lions. Several beaches are covered solid with them. I'm sitting topside in a bright sun, not a cloud in the sky. There is a slight breeze blowing and some rather heavy swells running. At 8.30, we are rounding the north tip of Marmot to the mainland of Vafognik to search the shores for bear. We will hunt north of where we were last Monday. 1 p.m. Checked a whale that had washed up on the outside beach of Marmot Island. Apparently it went ashore last winter. Got some handsome ivory teeth from the jaw and pondered over the scrimshaw work done by becalmed sailors at sea in the days gone by. 9 p.m. Anchored in Seal Bay, really a part of Tonkai Bay. The weather was closing in with an offshore wind and cloudy sky. Bow in hand, I walked the beach for a while. On the open beach ahead, a dark object was identified as a bear. Our plan was to circle through the spruce and come out on the beach where the bear was. He was about 200 yards away, digging sand fleas and not greatly concerned about anything else since he rarely looked up. It was not possible to make the approach through the spruce as a cliff broke off between us. However, some large rocks furnished cover for the first hundred yards and a few smaller ones from there on. 
Ed had forgotten his 375 backing gun, but had his 22 Hornet seal gun. Harley had nothing, and I had my bow and a 44 Magnum. The question was, who was backing whom, and with what? We took our hip boots off and made the stalk in stocking feet. There was a small rock near the bear that hid his head from us when it was down after the sand fleas. Almost no cover between us otherwise. Fortunately, he was busy pawing among the kelp. Only once did he look up. We happened to be motionless at that time and he went right back to his meal. We finally reached a point 30 yards from him that seemed to be the spot for action. Between us was noisy, loose gravel. The bear was broadside, but facing me slightly. His front leg was slightly back, covering part of his chest. One more move and he would be in a position for my favorite rib lung shot. The move turned out to be a look to scan the beach and there we were. Brownie ran off with much woofing and did not show up again. Friday, May 18th, 3 p.m. Stopped at Port Williams and deposited some mail. Anchored in Big Bay now, Ed is changing oil and filters. 8 p.m. Just came back from hunting the beaches that were so productive a week ago. Not any tracks since we left here. Disappointing and no need to spend any more time here. Plan to leave for the Alaskan Peninsula at 3 a.m. tomorrow. Got some T-bone steaks and some Dungeness crabs at the cannery at Port Williams. Saturday, May 19th, 7 p.m. Made a start for the peninsula at 2.30 this morning. A southwestern wind made it impossible. Came back to Big Bay and are anchored peacefully here in the sun. Boating, like flying, is unpredictable. Plans can be made, but it is not always possible to follow them through. 9 p.m. After the wind eased up, we left Big Bay, came south and went along the west side of Afognak to Paramanoff Bay. Anchored in a small bay out of the wind, about 200 yards off a small beach. We were having coffee and cookies before leaving for a hunt in the skiff when I looked out the galley window to see a bear walking across the beach. He went into some alders that came down along one side of a creek. We rode over, made a stalk, but the wind was wrong and he sneaked over the mountain through a draw. He was not a big bear. We did some miles in the skiff, examined beaches and found but few tracks. Went into a bay that drains an inland lake. Saw Dungeness crabs on the bottom in water five to eight feet deep. Speared a dozen with the long-handled spring gaff. Plan to go up this creek at daylight in the morning. There could be bears in the meadows surrounding this lake. Sunday, May 20th, 5 p.m. Up at 6 a.m., hunted with the skiff until 2.30, but did not see a bear. Went around Ban Island and dug some little neck clams. Saw and photographed two foxes. These are not good beaches for bear, no kelp. There seems to be no waterfowl either. 
Left Paramanoff Bay and just got in here to Molina Bay. Saw a single bear and a sow and a cub high on the mountain as we came in. They made off as soon as they saw the boat. Planned to go ashore and hike into a fognick lake. Just got our gear on when the rain started. Decided to steam the clams instead. Flowers are beginning to bloom and the brown hillsides are dappled with light green. 9.30 p.m. Ate a mess of clams and hiked over the rise toward Lake Afognuk. Did not get to the lake, but looked over a little country. Very little bear sign, but quite a lot of elk activity, although we did not see any. Took the skiff and hunted down toward the end of the bay, Bad wind came up and we turned back. Finished up the little neck clams. Very delicious. Cloudy all day and cold. Rain off and on. Tops of the hills have been in clouds all day. Monday, May 21st, 8 p.m. Rain and strong wind all night. Everybody slept in. Our generator quit working several days ago delaying our move to the peninsula. Voltage has dropped and we are now lifting anchor to run around the corner to a cannery in Raspberry Straits. Rain is let up, but the wind is still blowing. Everything lashed down for the trip, although we will be on the lee side of the blow. Ed climbed a cliff along the beach yesterday and was amusing himself, rolling rocks down to the beach. Harley and I were on the beach, appraising the results when the larger ones fell on logs. A big rock weighing five or six tons, perched precariously near the edge, was finally toppled over and came down thundering with ear-splitting pandemonium as it crashed into the logs. Ed later told us of his efforts in dislodging this big rock. He put his feet on the rock and his shoulder against a bank and gave it everything he had. He felt it move slightly and then gave it a little bit more. And down it came. He didn't explain where the little bit more came from. These rocks are hard on arrows. I've gone through two dozen blunts on this trip and have just six broadheads left. My bow is holding up well and so is the eight arrow quiver. This has been a rugged test for it. Yesterday, we found a skiff pulled up on a shore beside a fish and wildlife shack. Bear hunters had been there. We found a freshly killed bear skull, a fox carcass, and a skin seal. This is the first evidence of humans we have seen on this hunt. Not even an old tin can or the remains of a campsite. Found a wrecked fishing boat on the beach in Molina Bay. 3 p.m., tied up at a cannery, having their electrician repair the generator. A short in the brush holder. It was a good idea to take it out of the boat. It definitely needed a cleaning job, if nothing else. Raining and still blowing. Very cooperative people at the cannery. I left my films there for them to run tonight. They will forward them to Kodiak for me. Left the cannery at 6 p.m. and dropped anchor here in a small bay. 
hiked through a valley up a creek, but no bear signs. Plan to leave here at 3 a.m. in the morning. Tuesday, May 22nd, 6 a.m. Heard Ed start the engine at 4 a.m. Got up at 5 when the boat started to roll. We are headed for the Alaskan Peninsula. We were wrong in believing it is close to hunting. I did not know last night if we would go this way or to Kodiak. If to Kodiak, I would admit defeat and go back home. Dan has not been feeling well, the cook, and would like to get off the boat. But Ed is about as bullheaded as I am, and he is the boss, and we are heading for the peninsula. This surely stretches out this hunt. If it were not for needing pictures, I could have taken Dan's side and probably would be heading for Kodiak. If I can get pictures of taking a bear, this will make the finest film in our library, and I am pushing my luck to this end. Still overcast. 10 p.m. Just got back from hunting with the skiff. Got here to Allenchock Bay at 9.30. Saw a sow and two cubs on the beach. Would have stopped for pictures, but it was raining. It has been raining almost all day. Chilly, too. There is snow on the hills. Saw no bears from the skiff. Wednesday, May 23rd. On our way with the maid southwest. Not enough bear sign here. Going back to where we saw the bears coming in. It is still heavily clouded over and some fog, but no rain. 9 p.m. Ran into Puali Bay early this morning. This is where I killed the big brownie two years ago. Hunted by skiff and found the tracks of a medium-sized bear in a mudflat. It was fairly fresh, as the tide had been out only a few hours. Failed to find him, however. Cooked up a mulligan and planned to hunt bears between four and dark. Had an hour of sunshine this morning, but later we had rain, and at four o'clock the wind started blowing the raindrops horizontally, and we could not go out. Two crab boats came in here out of the storm, and one anchored beside us. I took a nap, drank a lot of coffee, and dried my gear. Everything is wet down. Keeping camera, gear, and feathers dry is a serious problem. Cameras are carried in my backpack, which is not entirely waterproof. Have a heavy rubber pouch that I chuck the whole business in and tie it tight. Have to keep a plastic bag over the feathers of my arrows even in fair weather, to protect them from spray. Thursday, May 24th. Did a skiff hunt for four hours, but saw nothing. Had a lunch about 2 p.m. and then went bear hunting again. Got back at 8 p.m. Saw quite a few tracks, but no bears. Our eating habits are very irregular, governed by the tide and weather, and not so much by the hour. Low tide is about the middle of the day now. Had a few hours of sunshine this morning, and then rain again. Friday, May 25th. This was the big day. The sun was shining early, and kept on shining all day. It was a good day for bears, seals, king crabs, 
and pictures. This was perhaps the most thrilling day of my hunting career, and not without some humor, too. Our hunting day did not start early. The crab pot was lifted first to yield three fine king crabs, one average size and two monsters. Next, we took the skiff into Bear Bay, a rocky, shallow site with a short beach about 300 yards long. As we rounded the point and the beach came into view, a fine bear chose this time to walk out of the alders into sight on the sand. We were a good half mile away. The engine was quickly shut off while we studied the bear through glasses. He busied himself pawing and eating in the sand and kelp while Ed slowly and quietly rode toward the rocky shore about 200 yards beyond the edge of the beach. If we could make this without being seen, we would be hidden by a small point that came between us and the bear. Harley watched the bear with glasses to alert Ed to stop rowing when the bear looked our way. It was touch and go. Brownie would paw and eat and lie down intermittently. The warm sunshine on his heavy winter fur doubtlessly brought out sleepy dreams of great summer days ahead, gorging on spawning salmon. Before we reached shore, he waded into the ocean, rolled over on his back, and with his head and four feet sticking out, enjoyed the luxury of a saltwater bath. The tide was out. The narrow rocky shore met the thick alders at high tide line. The mountain started up steeply from there. While rowing across the bay, I had shot some 16-millimeter film of the bear. On shore, Harley was to pinch hit as photographer. I reasoned that he could cover our stock from a point some distance from us and would need the telephoto lens. As it turned out, the 25-millimeter would have been proper. Mounted underneath the movie camera lens, I have a 35-millimeter sequence camera operated by a push button on the fore part of the gunstock mount. This camera, a Robot Royale, will expose 24 pictures on one wind at the press of the button. In this way, with one operator, both still pictures and movies can be taken. The 50-millimeter lens cover the same area as the 25-millimeter movie. Leaving the skiff, we made our way toward a point that would afford a view of the beach and the bear. Ed and I ahead, and Harley with his 270 and the cameras about 25 yards behind. When we were some 50 yards from the skiff, we saw the bear's blonde ears coming toward us. The wind was right. We motioned Harley to squat and be still. Ahead of us, there was a heaven-sent big rock about four by four feet. Hunkering down, we made our way to it. This was the only cover on the entire shore, and we were very lucky that it was placed so conveniently. We both knelt down in the shadow of the rock, Ed a bit to my left and I on one knee with the arrow on the string. We kept our heads down, sure that he would pass on the ocean side and waited in great anticipation, not to say apprehension, for the appearance of this alder king. <laughs> he was a good-sized bear. 
We had concluded that while watching him through glasses crossing the bay. Up to now, however, our only close look at him had been his ears, and there seemed to be quite a space between them. All kinds of thoughts go through one's mind in suspense-filled moments like this. Would he bolt, like the one did two weeks ago when he saw me slowly start to draw the arrow? Or would I have only a frontal shot when he saw us and stared in amazement? We had to stop about ten feet from the rock because of some sticks that lay ahead. He would see us before he was even with the rock. I was determined to place the razor head through the ribs, close up to the shoulder. This would be a clean kill. There could be no excuses. I worried about the three strands of my bowstring that had chafed off on sharp barnacles as I got out of the skiff. Would it hold for this one shot? We waited. Finally, he was in sight, twenty-five feet away and coming closer. He turned toward us and looked us over, standing still. We remained as motionless and quiet as stumps and did not register in the bear's consciousness. We could almost see his mind working. Hmm, odd pieces of driftwood came in on the last tide. Stationary objects are not considered harmful by the animal kingdom. He turned broadside and walked to pass us. The 65-pound Kodiak bow came back with the ease of a toy. He did not notice the movement. The razor head sank to the feathers near the front leg. The impact was considerable as he roared and exploded down the shore straight toward Harley. We wondered what the outcome would be. Harley, however, endowed with the tradition of good showmanship, stood his ground, operating the camera until the bear began to fill the viewfinder and it seemed prudent to abandon the camera for the rifle. Cameras are delicate instruments and should be put down carefully, but life is precious. The open shore between the steep alder-covered bank and the water measured a scant twenty feet, and Harley's position was squarely in the middle of it. The bear's direction of travel was also right down the middle. In some alarm, we saw Harley, legs and arms flailing in the air, camera in one hand, rifle in the other, trying to scurry up the slope to leave the open shore to the bear. Ed yelling in his booming voice, Take pictures! I'm covering you! At any rate, the bear passed him at full speed. A short way beyond, it tried to climb into the alders, but could not make it, and rolled back down the slope near the skiff. He was dead in less than a minute after he was hit. The arrow nicked a rib close to the front leg, passed through the lung, cut a heavy artery near the liver, went through the diaphragm, and just through the skin near the back ribs on the far side. We took pictures and left him to go back to the valiant maid for a bite to eat. It was high tide when we got back, and his feet were in the water. With ropes slung under him, we were able to roll him into the skiff and winch him aboard for skinning on the aft deck. With the carcass intact, he tipped the scales at 810 pounds. The skin squared nine feet, and the length and width of the skull measured 27 inches. 
Ed placed the distance of the shot at 20 feet. The bear ran 90 yards from where he was hit. It's been a very busy day, a very exciting one, and gratifying. A bear at 20 feet looks big when one is down on his knees looking up. Again, it was proved that the arrow in the right spot will do the job quickly and humanely, regardless of the size of the animal. This was a day when everything worked out just right. The sun was out all day, and the bear did his part in coming to us. Actually, it would have been a difficult stalk if he had remained on the open beach. It takes breaks like this to be successful with either the bow or gun, except that with the bow, the circumstances have to be more refined and the timing exact. This makes the fifth bear that we have been within 30 yards of. The other four times, something went wrong. The range handicap of the bow is great, but the thrills of getting close to your target make up for it. A good-sized bow-legged brownie strutting toward one at 25 feet is a thrill well worth the time and effort. It's a great privilege to match wits with a noble animal such as this that nature has so ably equipped to take care of itself. Saturday, May 26th. This was an easy day. Fleshing the bearskin, cleaning the skull, cleaning up in general. And there was time to make a summary of brown bear hunting. They have only two enemies, man and larger brown bears. As a result, small bears are jittery and alert, always expecting a larger bear to pounce upon them. The big ones are easier to stalk, having more self-confidence and an admirable cockiness that commands respect. Bear's Field Notes is produced by the team at Bear Archery. Learn more about Bear Archery and its complete suite of products at beararchery.com. Narration by Alan Johnson. Direction, production, sound mixing, and editing by Smarter Labs. Theme song by Isaac Ollie. Chapter art and design by Samantha Marksberry. Special thanks to the Bear Archery team for providing their original content to produce these episodes. Visit beararchery.com to listen to all episodes, sign up for future updates, and see articles, maps, photos, videos, and more. 